All right, three, two, one, action. On this, the premiere episode of YA Dad and Daughter, Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. Yay! Welcome to the first episode of YA Dad and Daughter, the podcast. Don't touch the table. The podcast starring a YA author, dad, and a YA reader, daughter, where we talk about the latest and greatest in YA fiction. Today is our, actually, this is our premiere episode. Uh, my name is Andy Ossian. I am a YA author and a middle grade author and video game producer. I live in Washington, D.C. I am 49 years old, and I am the dad half of the YA dad and daughter uh, hosting uh, what do you get? Hosting Cabal. <laughs> anyway, Who knows? Here's here's Samara. Samara, tell us about yourself. Well, a you are obviously the dad half. Sure. Um, so I'm the daughter half. So yeah, my name's Samara. I'm 12, almost 13. Read a lot of books, probably too many. If that if that's even a thing. Well, that's, that's a good thing. Okay, that's a good thing in this case, but I don't know if that's a really good thing. We wouldn't have invited you on otherwise. Good point. So a little bit about why we're doing this podcast. Well, first of all, we both love books. It's what we do in our free time and for me, I do professionally. And we love to, as a family, debate, share books, read books out loud. And uh, it's still something we do every night to read aloud and use stories as a way for us to connect. And this podcast was, I think, a way for Samara and I to connect on a, a new a new level. Uh, and the other reason we thought it would be a fun thing to do is... Uh, as a YA author, I approach YA fiction from one perspective, Samara being uh, on the cusp of teenagerdom. Which adolescence. is definitely a thing, is that, teenagerdom. That knowing that she's the audience for whom uh, many of these authors write, getting her perspective and having the two of us sort of discuss it would be an interesting conversation. And fun. Yeah, fun for us mostly. So should we start or something? Yeah, let's start. This week, our premiere episode, so our, our book recommendations come from um, from the top, I mean way up, the highest of authorities. This first recommendation comes from uh, Bigfoot Reads, which is a uh, children's books website run by a good friend of ours. Uh, it is Truly Devious, a, a mystery by Maureen Johnson, published in 2018 by Catherine Teagan Books, uh, imprint of HarperCollins. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a lot to say about this book. I know... Uh, it came actually from three different people who we asked to recommend books. It was on all of their lists. So congratulations, Maureen Johnson. You just won the most recommended book for our podcast that no one will listen to award. Uh, but regardless, um, I don't know where you want to start, Samara. We probably want to jump right in and do like a summary of the book. Do you want to try and, and summarize this book that takes place across multiple timelines, featuring yeah. many characters? Take a stab. So the thing about this book is that it takes place in two different times and one Albert Ellingham and it starts back in 1930 something or 36 right I think it's 36 yeah 36 with Albert Ellingham and it talks of, and the whole thing is around talking about this event the kidnapping of Albert's wife and daughter it has during the 1936 proportion we are looking in on the characters that experienced that event in the days before and after it happened. And then the other portion, the main portion, is 
Stevie Bell, a um, teenager, going to the Ellingham Academy, which Albert started. She wants to investigate this case, which was never technically solved, even though there was one confession. And this is in the present day. This is in the present day. The only clue that they had was a poem riddle, which was, well, I don't know really how to describe it. Well, you know, you've asked me multiple times if you could you could recite the letter oh, yeah. because you've memorized it. I have so memorized go it. Go for it, but make sure you do it slowly so we can hear it. Look, a riddle. Time for fun. Should we use a rope or gun? Knives are sharp and gleam so pretty. Poison slow, which is a pity. Fire's festive, drowning slow. Hanging's a ropey way to go. A broken head, a nasty fall. A car colliding with a wall. Bombs make a jolly noise. Such ways to punish naughty boys. What can we do? We can't decide. Just like you cannot run or hide. Ha ha ha. Truly devious. Well done. Yeah, we have the present day and, and the past. Two timelines, the structure that kind of jumps back and forth between the two, between Stevie trying to solve this decades-old mystery and the events happening in real time in the 30s. Wait. And it's also interesting because the the book is scattered with excerpts from his, history books about the about the crime. There's uh, transcriptions of interviews with, yeah, the, with the, the, the detective and the various people who are in the house, friends of the family. So there's all sorts of great red herrings and things like that, and and characters, suspicious characters that you get to wonder uh, what their what their involvement in the crime was. Now, when I first started the book, the, the, so it starts off with kind of an interesting and thrilling account that is in 1936, and I, I wasn't sure if the book was actually going to take place in the 30s or not because I, I was into that storyline when I suddenly realized it was going to pull back, pull me back out to the present. Did you think it was going to take place in the 30s? No, because I I felt like the story about Dottie, who is at the Ellingham Academy when it was like first started, mm-hmm. and she is a, another mysterious, like, she was another mysterious disappearance right. that is less, like, kind of like well-known and talked about, talking about how she got there, and then the last time, basically, she was ever seen. It's like a throwing beginning before it steps into the present day with Stevie. I actually found Going back and following Albert Ellingham and his various entourage around was it wasn't quite as exciting as that first. Like I really thought that it, the book started off with a, a strong punch there with the with what happened to Dottie and you know because it, the thing I loved about this and I thought that you would actually like it and you read it before I did. As I was reading it, I was thinking, oh, she would love this because Stevie, the main character in the present, she's a girl who uh, is obsessed with crime podcasts and wears a uh, you know a hood over her head all the time, kind of lurks in the corners of rooms and tries not to be noticed and uh, reminded me a lot of, of you of course you know the book has all of those wonderful hallmarks of weird mystery like there's the secret tunnels there are notes written in you know collaged letters there's a weird glass dome greenhouse on an island with a man-made lake and tunnels underneath Don't... it there's a dollhouse which is exciting the one thing i was really happy about was Later, we actually learned there might be more about Dottie in mm-hmm. the next book because it's the first in a series. Yes. Um, or so it says. I want to talk more about that later because I have some thoughts. I have okay. some thoughts about this, this series this series business. When I was reading this, it all takes place at a school, right? So Ellingham Estate is more than an estate. It is a school, and it's because Albert Ellingham is a newspaper magnate, very rich, very quirky, in keeping with sort of the powerful men of the era, right? Had Gatsby-esque parties with 
famous movie stars and, and his big mansion in Vermont, but he's most known for creating this school, the Ellingham Academy, which is free to attend if you're chosen to go there. And it's children who are chosen to go there are unique or special in some way. And Stevie, Stevie Bell, the protagonist in the present storyline is chosen because she's not sure. She, she feels like she's less exceptional than the other kids who are going there, but it seems to be because she has this obsession about yeah. this case she and then her skills. Yeah. Her yeah. skills as a detective investigator. I thought that was really interesting because it reminded me how many of these books are about schools. And I'm wondering if you had, if you had ever thought about that, because I know you like Rick Warden books. You like the Harry Potter books, obviously. A lot of these books are about schools. Why do you think that is? People could kind of connect more with the characters if they're similar environment to themselves. Mm-hmm. Hey, I go to school. Harry Potter goes to school. Sure, he learns about transfiguration, potions, and defense against the dark arts. Yeah, I, I wish I had those classes, but I don't. You're at the wrong like, school, man. <laughs> I know. I want to go to Hogwarts. So unfair. But I do like how the Ellingham Academy was built because he's obsessed with games. And he likes to gamify education. Uh, that actually kind of reminds me of Mr. Lomoncello's library. Okay. Um, because Mr. Lomoncello's library, great book. Probably a little more for a younger targeted audience, but still a really good book. It is about a game maker who helps design a library, and then they put a group of kids into library to, to have to escape that library playing his game. Oh, that's game cool. In the library. I have not read that. Interesting. Yeah, because I um, I thought of all the obvious ones and I thought of other books where the kids are put in an environment where they are, it's like a school, but it's something perhaps a little bit more surreal, like Mysterious Benedict Society, where they're technically, I think they're at a school, but it's not like any school that you find in real life or uh-huh. even the um, VFD and the Lemony Snicket books, where it's like they're part of a secret society, but it, in a sense, it's surrogate family or a place where the person finds an identity and feels like they're a part of it with other people so yeah school doesn't just mean you learn there like percy jackson he technically goes to a summer camp and technically you're related to half the people there except you're not really because technically gods don't have dna but it would still be totally gross to date someone who has the same godly parent as you yeah i think that's kind of a universal (laughs) universal no-no i think that that comes into play later in the book when there's a point when Stevie arrives, she's very hesitant about showing up. She's though insecure. Te- yeah. Though technically she does, she did already get in contact with two yes. of the other. Actually, that was really funny. It was like, hey, two other first years. I mm-hmm. mean, total Harry Potter nerd moment. Just <laughs> the name, the two words, first years. Did they, they use first so years happy. in there? Yes, they uh, use the words so you, first years. Yeah. So happy. Sets up um, a trigger in any Harry Potter fan. So there are the two other first-year people. Uh, Nate and Janelle. Uh, Nate and Janelle Franklin. Yep. So she technically already kind of knew people, but Nate's kind of all grumpy and mm-hmm. dark and like, ugh, I don't want to do anything. Well, what's his, why is he, why is he exceptional? Why is he? Well, he's, he, I think he was 14 when he wrote the book. Mm-hmm. He wrote the Moonbright Chronicles, and we should probably explain like who is in the Minerva House. Okay, what is Minerva House, first of all? Well, in the Ellingham Academy, there are houses named after Greek and Roman gods. They're Greek and Roman because they're both the same gods, different names. Sure. Um, And so Stevie's in the Minerva House, which is technically originally used to house, like, famous guests who came, so it's, like, nicer than kind of other houses. 
So there's Stevie, Stevie Bell, Ellie, uh, full element, name, uh, full name element, who's kind of like an artist and can't play the saxophone. Then there's Janelle Franklin, who is an inventor, builds things. Like a mechanical engineer type. Yeah. And then there's Hayes Major, who's a uh, YouTube star on, um, what was it called? The, the, uh, the End of It All. Sort of acted in he a zombie series. Well, that spoilers. That's, oh, sorry. Um, he is a sorry, famous YouTube star for a series about zombies that he starred in, like being trapped in a bunker. And then there's. Technically, um, we kind of spoiling. It. That's quite all right. Um, um, we'll add a, we'll add a, a um, spoiler. Spoiler alert at the beginning. But uh, there's Hayes. There's Nate, who wrote the book, and then um, the last one is. David Wetzel's I don't remember his last name. David is our very mysterious um, romantic lead slash. Yeah, which does, like, t- does, totally doesn't come into like later. At the beginning, he's just this kind of jerk. Yeah, um, that everybody seems to like, but nobody knows a lot about. Mostly Ellie. Ellie's like, you're my friend. She's She gets drunk and she's stuff. She's flighty. Can I spoil something? No, I can't. Um, I'm, getting, I'm saving this well, to is later. Well, is it plot related? We can save plot related stuff plot to the related end. Plot related stuff to later. Okay. If you but yeah, so, don't so, want to get too many spoilers, don't go... Don't listen all the way till the end. We'll, we'll probably say something. So that so that's Minerva House. So it's like Minerva. her dorm, and oh, everybody and there in Picks, who's their RA, their adult supervisor, who's also a teacher. When they first meet her, she's like sorting teeth into a little box. Paleontology, or um, yeah. Like that. And Stevie, who's super observant, she like can notice stuff and put together conclusions. Actually, kind of like Sean Spencer in Psych. So she she saw that. Picks hat was sorting teeth, had like a tan line on her forehead. Oh right, she she um, she broke her down. I have Horus tattooed on her arm, and like like I should about her. It was able to piece together that she was in Egypt on some sort of like archaeology. Right. So she was able to break that down, get the pieces in a very Sherlock Holmes manner of doing things. Um. Now I have a question for you. So as the plot unfolds, um, Stevie gets her. Her project for the semester, which to, I guess the project is to humanize kidnapping and murder of the alien hands and, and kind of make it more real to her because she's approaching it in kind of a clinical way. And as she's doing that, there, it kind of goes back and forth between her schoolwork and, and learning more about the mystery and kind of her social life and who she becomes friends with and stuff like that. And they kind of culminate in a moment where, spoiler, do you want to spoil like kind of a big moment where Hayes... Yeah, you might want to stop listening if you don't want any big spoilers, because I think we're going to start getting into big spoilers. And So, big spoiler time! Hayes dies. According to the report, he slips out at night, they think, and to do some filming by himself. And takes he... dry ice yeah. to use as fog, because Stevie told him... So they were doing a YouTube thing, like not really YouTube, but film, like his about project. the Ellingham case. And... Stevie told him, oh, it's going to be, it was foggy that night. And so at one point, um, what's, what's the opera singer's name? Maris, Maris and Dash are two of um, Hayes' friends who are go- helping him work on this. Cause Maris is like in theater and stuff, like knows theater yeah. stuff. And Dash is just like, um, he's like a producer. He's producer really good at like setting yeah. locations and getting everything you need to get. To and do so, scene. cause it was foggy night. They're going to originally going to get, Dry ice. They found fog machines. So the original, the original thought was that Hayes took the dry ice 
to do some filming, but he was in a small space, so the right. carbon dioxide misplaced all the oxygen, basically instantly killing him. When they first find his body, and it's a, a school tragedy, that's that's the story, but then Stevie, of course, being a natural investigator, starts to notice things that are off about different people's behavior. I definitely like thought the, the book really picked up when the mystery started. Like the Hayes's murder? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like before that, I, I was I was less interested. I actually started finding myself enjoying the 1930s storyline because it was darker and it was like felt more like a mystery, while the other stuff felt more like oh, yeah, social I, I life think stuff. That's, I think it's because before anything big happens, we don't have a big, really big chance for Stevie to do anything besides like every so often have to like, pick up case file and read it. Or right, something. right. She doesn't. She's just started school. I mean, I, I understand why she didn't have a chance to investigate a lot in the yeah. beginning because she does have she does have a social life and she needs to. It can be kind of boring for people who really like mystery novels. I found it I found it interesting that we got to see character development outside of the mystery. That's that's right. That that I think that was the one good like piece of that. I think that's a. Um, I, was, I was wondering. I was going to ask you about that later because I do think it. There's a moment later when Stevie looks back at the school when she's when it's when Hayes is murdered there's sort of this obvious well, rush of parents and they don't think he's murdered but like the fact that a student dies on campus is taken is, very seriously right. you know everyone's worried their parents are going to come and Stevie especially who's already her parents um, her to come are very class. different you know they don't understand the school they're they're politically a little bit they lean in a much different direction than she does and the school is kind of progressive and she's where they're going to take her away and when she does get threatened with being taken away, she reacts in a um, way that shows how much she's come to care for like the place and the people and her, her place there with them. Yeah, I think it, it shows how far she's come from being sort of this withdrawn outsider. So I think you're right. There is the one thing we did, we haven't discussed that about the plot and about the, the mystery part of it is that the truly devious clue, the letter ends truly devious. devious. So there's that letter the which, initial letter, which was and, never found. Which was never found. At, well, technically well, it was found, really. but when it was taken as evidence, the courthouse which was being stored, uh, stored uh, burned right. down. So all that evidence was completely destroyed. Right. Now, Truly Devious was the one who supposedly kidnapped Iris and Alice. Um, and their bodies did and, turn up. So uh, No, just them. Iris. I, um, the reason there's been all that stuff in the house is that Ellingham was always wondering if Alice would ever come home. Uh, technically, Alice could still come home. And those things she in could, the, in the house would be very, are very the, old, but she could still come home. And the things are like the super creepy to scale doll house of the like entire like state. And with is, all the figures of the people there <laughs> on the night of the crime. Yeah, which is really, um, really awesome. So there was the original letter, which burned up and disappeared. Was there a letter with Dottie when she was, was there? A, no. Or did she just disappear? Uh, no, Dottie disappeared and her body later turned up at the bottom of a staircase. Right. Oh, uh, right, like, right. Uh, like, maybe not a staircase, but like a, like a hole. Like, she looked like she had fallen and hit her head. Which is when, actually, at the beginning of the book, she was up reading Sherlock Holmes in this little, like, nook. Mm -hmm. When this person came up and he told her, oh, I'm just playing a game. But yes. Dottie, being That's a smart like the, person, was like, first this guy is suspicious. Uh, and she was like, I gotta leave now, I gotta return to the library. It's like, I can't let you go. And she was like, I don't worry, I won't tell anyone. She's like, you know, she doesn't like, like people spoiling other people's fun. And like, she would be worried if he told people she was up here, she wants to be like alone. He's like, no, I can't let you go. So dives a thing and falls. And I think oh, she, I right, think that's she, how she does. Yeah, she, she like falls like 
But this person would still probably hurt her if yeah. she didn't leave. Well, the interesting um, thing about that, too, is that seems the readers witnessing the, the events as it happens. Right, but what I'm saying is that instead of hearing about the truly devious letter and the murders from the past to the present, from like Stevie learning or even from transcripts or people talking about it, we're there in the room with Dottie when the truly devious character is there. That's the only time we're ever in the same room as that character when the when things are happening. So it's kind of an interesting scene. Another interesting thing is later in the book, Stevie is in her room asleep and stuff. But then she sees like saying on her wall. She gets up and it's a letter signed truly devious. So technically That's what I wanted to talk about. Truly yes. devious should was def, definitely probably dead by it's now. It's like a super old Serial killer guys, this little old man with a walker no, and like a butcher knife she... walking around. I'm just saying, like, he's I mean, got, like in her head, he's got to be like a million years old. Um, like, so she looks out, there's no one there, and then the does she have a panic everybody. attack? She does, like, yeah. So she has um, panic attacks has, typically. Like, um, so she goes to, like a friend Janelle who like holds her down. But yeah. she's in her room, and a, a devious letter appears, appears on projected on her wall in the same poem style, which has been you know reiterated many times in the book. Read, looked at by poets and literary scholars, find out what are the signature things about the style, what makes it unique, so they could even try and find the person who wrote it. So it's the same style, it's, but it's threatening Stevie in the present thing. And she, you know, she wonders, oh, is it David playing a prank? Is it someone else threatening my life? You know, is truly devious still alive? Is now a really old serial but killer with a walker later and a butcher knife. She just dreamed it, and then she thinks she just dreamed it. Which come makes, on, did anyone? Did <laughs> yeah. anyone really? Die? Not a dream, but I was actually disappointed that we didn't get more of that because, especially with Hayes' murder, it made me say like, "Oh yeah, and remember the the creepy projection that went on your wall threatening your life in the truly devious poetry style? Like, remember that? We never revisited." I think I understand why she like never thought about it again. Even for her, it seems so impossible. That, it does seem impossible. I mean, I bet you she, if I'm correct, in the end she just passed off as a dream or a prank. But the one interesting thing is. Later, or was it, it was either before or later, her friend Janelle, her ID card vanishes. And their ID cards, like, let them into, like, the art place, their right, houses. Right, the different buildings and stuff. And um, they need to go, they're coded to their own yeah, class schedule. Like, so only certain people can get into certain buildings. So Janelle's ID vanishes, and it's gone for, like, a really long time. And it doesn't show up until, like, a few days later, after. It was before, it turns out before, before, but, but the dry it's, like, thrown on the ground yeah. in front of the building. And so later they check Janelle's ID to find Hayes' fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, they have it like checking in and out of the um, dry The art ice barn on the yeah. night that Hayes died. The art barn. The art barn. I kind of want to, that sounds awesome. I know, right? Why, why can't our art rooms be called art barns? Art barns. Why can't they we be actual barns? barns? I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's a disappointment. The more I think about an ancient serial killer driving a little scooter around. <laughs> I am it's like you? I could tip you over and you wouldn't be able to move. You'd be laying on the ground. <laughs> well, I mean, it does. So there are a lot of there are a lot of characters. You know, there are characters both in the past and in the present. And one I feel like is definitely has a lot more going on. Security Larry. There's got to be security something going Larry. on with Security Larry. So he's the he's an older guy. He's a former detective for who, like fifty years. Right? Yeah, um, like Philly or something. I always feel like somewhere. retired. Uh, he worked Philly. on like homicide and. And so he. Clearly, like, bonds with Stevie right away. He, like, likes to cut of her jib and uh, understands kind of where she's coming from. 
And um, I like Scary Larry, and I feel like there's more to him than, than meets the eye. Definitely has to be some connection between the 1930s storyline. There's got to be a person that connects the two, whether it's the, the son of Truly Devious or the daughter of Truly Devious. Truly Devious is an ancient, decrepit, gross, old serial killer, or there's like or some other thing. Or, I mean, that's totally true as well. Um, my first my Security Larry, who's head of security on the school, is him being somehow involved is, is my... Um, um, bombshell. I think that, uh, I think that he might. I, I hope so too. But he also seems like the most tuned into what's going on, so the most aware of how things could be manipulated also, in dark ways. Also, um, Charles, Charlie, whatever his name was, her mm-hmm. counselor. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure his name's Charles, but she might call him Charlie. I think it's just Charles. I think um, he's one of those people who's like, "Call me Charlie." Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't think he's they call Charlie. Though. Um, he's her counselor, kind of more laid back, and he's the one who. Uh, tells her to like put a face on the um uh right on the, the murder or the, the murder kidnapping. and she's also the one who shows her like the life size dollhouse I really want her to use that to try to rein out the crime that would be that cool. would be cool would but be cool. I I would say never trust anyone who shows you a life size dollhouse to scale to scale um <laughs> so what I was gonna say my as my follow up about Larry um and apologies I. I clearly sound bad. I'm, I'm sounding worse. I, I've had a cold, and we put off doing this podcast for too many days. So, um, apologies if I sound awful. But um, I, when I, I knew this was a series. I knew this was probably a trilogy uh, series. I'm not sure how many books are meant to be in it, or if that's trilogy. Decided it's trilogy. I did not know what to expect in terms of the end of the book. So I figured it was going to be like a. A, have some closure at the end, you know, have a self-contained book, I mean, and then there'd be, like, more of the of adventure. Closure. It did have a bit of closure. We, we thought we might have killed Hayes, but we don't actually figure that out. And can, can I just tell them who might have killed Hayes? Yes. Ellie Element might have killed Hayes, but where they can, like, figure, like, actually anything out, she runs away yeah, into the forest. Don't think she's going to, like, survive long because she doesn't seem like the type. <laughs> I mean, though she technically might have killed someone, so... And then, yeah, the very ending, I wasn't a big... I mean, you, you can say... No, I, I mean, that's... The book is great, and, uh, you know, there's really good. so much... In, it has so much great stuff going on, and I'm excited to read the next one. But um, I really need... For a cliffhanger, I needed more of a cliffhanger. I needed... Cliffhanger! It, it, it kind of just leads you right in the middle of stuff, and I don't know about you, but I saw the whole David's dad thing coming like a mile away. Uh, wait, who's David's dad? David's dad is like the super right wing Congress person or like oh, politician yeah, that, that her, 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 her parents work for. Her parents work for. Next to see Stevie yeah, is that. all progressive and her parents are very conservative and they work for a politician who everybody groans when they hear his name because apparently he's very right wing. And then at the end, you find out why David's been so, you know, clandestine about his, his own past and his family because so his David. father is the. I feel like uh, David was like a good character, but that almost sort of ruined him. It was kind of a little bit obvious, sometimes clammed up, but like, should they talk about that stuff? Right, right. And when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. It wasn't like bombshell crazy. Yeah. And. And it wasn't about the it's mystery. Stuck. That's and the thing, is it? The cliffhanger was the about cliffhanger, yes, Stevie's about, like, like, love life, and I really didn't care as much about that as I did about the... Technically, the, it does have... Before that happens, it does have a cliffhanger. The the box with the Ooh, Frankie. it does have a it good cliffhanger. Have, I forgot. Cliffhanger. Oh, that's um, on me, man. That's in... Whose room is that in? Ellie. 
Ellie, right? Oh, okay. So you do get a, a nice big... The, uh, uh, Bella, uh, the Bella, yeah. And if I'm correct, it's written similar to Yes, it, so in Ellie's room, when, there's, when she's searching it, she finds a book with some, or a box yeah, of pictures of students who were at Ellingham Academy at the time of the kidnapping in the 30s, which I think we can assume are her parents? Uh, well, I don't think they, Two, they Well, they describe them as Bonnie and Clyde, look like doing Bonnie and Clyde poses, which, you know, obviously suggests somebody who's uh, up to no good or trickery. And so this is where we, it talks more about Dottie. the book. That's that's book tapping. Um, this is where we find that next book we might learn more about Dottie. It says here. Oh, uh, it's all coming back to me. Yes, okay, it yes. talks about um, uh, had students murdered Iris Ellingham? Was Dottie's murder committed by people who knew her well? Was this about Dottie? So it was the so whole thing. She's not like, about is the, the whole thing about the Ellinghams, or was it actually about Dottie? This character we hear about literally once yep. at the very beginning gives the great. Great beginning. Yeah. Um, is she collateral? Then, we always just assume she's collateral damage, right? Like she... And then she just vanishes. Just someone who gets caught up in everything else, and it's really about the rich. Yeah. And she well, just, like, because they, the, the bad guys, they take the money of Ellingham whenever he tries to pay ransom money, and then he just never delivers anybody. And, he, they just and then later, and like a them. few days or weeks later, Iris Ellingham is washed up with bullet holes in her and dead. But Alice never appears. So, you know, Alice could still be a little old lady out there somewhere. We don't know. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see some Alice, don't you? I really want to. <laughs> and I'm thinking when the helicopter lands and David's dad gets off, there's going to be a ramp and a little old man in a, in a cart's going to come out with a knife and try and kill everybody. <laughs> um, so I take it all back. Yes. Um, Maureen Johnson, who I'm going to call Mojo, just just the heck of it, because um, it's an awesome um, nickname. Uh, because Mojo uh, totally pulled off that. And I forgot about the, 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 the box with the stuff because I didn't like Ellie. I thought Ellie was super annoying. And like, I actually appreciated the one point when Nate sort of dour, grumbly friend of Stevie's says something like everyone here is trying so hard. And then like, you know, I felt that way about a lot of the people who wanted to get attention so badly and were trying so hard for people to, to Another notice Another character I want to see more of is Vi, uh, Janelle's like, yeah. like girlfriend love interest character. Um, and I don't know. I, I just liked her, her magic. I mean, yeah. I, um, it's like, no, it's not magic. I'm magic. I mean, I, I, I just like that. I want to see more of I. Do you think the, the events at Ellingham Academy, Hayes' death, Ellie, Ellie's, um, I guess, craziness. apprehension and craziness, the breakout, do you think all of that is part of Stevie's project? Like, would it count as part of Stevie's project? No, I'm saying, like, do you think that this is her project that the school has concocted this elaborate game. But that would mean killing someone. Well, I mean, we don't know that he's really dead. We know well, that people she, say well, she he's dead. She knows she knew death when she saw it. I mean, but she, she doesn't really, because there's a lot of points where this is her first time she's ever seen a dead body. And, you know, there's a lot of emotional trauma and stuff. And not to say that, the school would necessarily want to put someone through that. But at the same time, the whole idea of the school is that they're in this kind of untraditional, creative, progressive way of letting people learn and teach. Sure. And Hayes is an actor. Hayes um, is an actor. And element, that. you know, Ellie's kind of an actor too. And they take things very seriously. I mean, I feel like I kind of don't want that to happen. I feel like it reminds me of this play I did at my camp one where um, in the end they 
gone through all this crazy stuff, they pick a script out of the bucket and find out that everyone that they were interacting with was just actors. Wait, no, that was a movie I saw. That was a movie I saw. <laughs> Not a movie I did. I was going to say, what camp is this that I'm sending you to where these kind of strange things are happening? Okay. Um, I feel like, oh, yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. But I kind of don't want it to be that way because I... Sorry, Hayes. I, it's not that I want you to be dead. And sorry, Ellen. It's not that I want you to be a killer. But I, A, I don't think Hayes actually wrote that thing. I think Ellie wrote it. And Ellie being crazy, crazy Ellie. She, yeah, she could be an actor being like, being like I'm going to be super suspicious and send her out now. But I think Stevie would actually have noticed that. Cause if Stevie's like so good at noticing stuff, I know Ellie and like Kays are probably good actors. And she could tell, you know? She could like feel like it was real. Yeah, that's true. It would, it would definitely call into, into question also, her ability to do that, like, and that's yeah. the thing. Also, I feel like, was anyone else in on this? Is the rest of the Nerva house in on this? Because that would be, like, cruel. Janelle. <laughs> it would be and, super cruel, like, yeah. Ja- or, like, Janelle and what's-his-face, Nate. I mean, because being like, oh, yeah, somebody's dead. Because they all actually seem, like, scarred and hurt and, like, sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, none of them knew Hayes that well. But yeah. there were a lot of people involved. I mean, there's all the staff at the place. There yeah. were actors who'd have to be police officers and stuff yeah, like that. And, and even I, all the kids have that like big memorial moment where they go into the yurt. You go into the morning yurt and, and mourn. And then it's just, like just a thought. Everything that happened in that book, besides like Ellingham stuff, would be complete fake. And you think you know, that like, would be sort of a, a betrayal like, of a, as a reader? That whole conversation with Gretchen, they knew Stevie was there. So they had that conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, that's too much acting. That would mean acting yeah. and lying to her. I actually mm-hmm. think that you, you, you call out probably the most, the, the clearest reason why it, I, that it's not that way is that there are a lot of interactions and conversations, like the one with Gretchen, where people who were not, people were not involved in those conversations, so they would not be involved in, in like a larger conspiracy to do this. Yeah, so, I, I feel like people wouldn't see her as reaching out to Beth. Yeah, and, they, wouldn't, um, they wouldn't have planned for those sorts of things. Hey Beth, we're gonna have some girl <laughs> call you and ask you about um, dead haze. Dead, dead haze. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about truly devious? I think it was a great choice for our first one because it was it was funny, really creepy. It was very well constructed as far as a mystery goes, where it kept us guessing. I thought it was good as a mystery, both for all the pieces you need for a, a suspenseful plot, but then also I thought Stevie's character changed and developed and uh, started off one way and kind of had progressed to a, um, a different state by the end of it. And, you know, there's a lot of room for it to grow. Really funny characters, uh, believable characters for the most part, and um, just a lot of great mood. It was a ton of fun to read. I zipped right through it. Um, I just want to see more, you know, really creepy dolls maybe coming to life. As a sort of a parting, so we'll cover book two when book two comes along. Yeah, we'll know more. But at this point, what are your predictions, accusations for the murder of both Hayes and the mystery surrounding Truly Devious? What are your thoughts? Well, we don't have any idea of really who Truly Devious could be yet. Um, though we did Says have, you! There was someone who confessed, but I feel like it was pretty obvious it wasn't him. Because actually, oh, his right. dying words are... Um, it, it was like, <laughs> I like, didn't do it. <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, I think so. It was like, I mean, really, Ellingham, why would you kill off the potential bad guy if you want to know where your daughter is? No, there was. Ah! They did a whole follow up kind of flashbacks to him preparing for the case, uh, you know, 
suspected murderer and all that. But it was, yeah, you, you point out that it was very obvious that this guy was found who seemed to have all the answers, even though there were big glaring holes in how, how like true it could have been know, that he, like did his, he didn't know English. So how could why he write would that? he write a really fun poem. Well, maybe I'm that sorry, just goes to show that that, um, that people just really don't understand poetry. And <laughs> poetry <laughs> maybe can that's be, it. Can be uh, misconstrued as for Hayes. I still I don't really see any any other potential killers. Gretchen didn't seem very great. Ellie would definitely stay up there because you know she's she's the Stevie accused her. I can trust Steve's instincts a little bit. Maybe one of the other people working on the um. Whatchamacallit? The film that they were working the film. on. Maybe even Hayes' was just like a tragic accident. Who knows? Janelle could have done I don't know. I mean, there's all these, like, Janelle could have done it. was her past. She I was think. working on a Rube Goldberg machine. Maybe it was a Rube Goldberg murder machine. 45 steps <laughs> to, to homicide. And then for the Arnhems, it could literally be anybody in that house. Not No no real um, conclusion yet. No real conclusion. A lot of, lot of hints and clues. Hints, clues, loose ends. Loose ends. Maybe all tied up. So um, are there any, you know, you read a lot of books. I read a lot of books, not nearly enough. And hopefully this will get me back on reading more. Um, do you have any books that you think are, you know, that a reader of this book who likes this book might enjoy? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a tough call because it definitely straddles the line in a lot of, a lot of genres. I don't read a lot of um, mysteries, I feel like. I don't either. The, the, I think the last mystery book I read was Chasing Vermeer, which oh okay. I mean, I, I read a few years ago. I read it actually before that, but the last time I read it. Yeah, no, I think this this definitely had a lot. Yeah, it's, or older it had a lot more um kind of the young adult uh, feel to it. Yeah, that, that was like younger things kid. like that. You know, you and I both read the All the Wrong Questions by Lindsay Snicket recently, and those are just totally off the wall. So it's hard to really think of those as mysteries because I don't think he seems to care yeah, whether or not like, things are tied up gonna, or not. You're gonna run over there, and she's gonna be good, but then she's actually evil, and her dad's the villain. Oh, craziness. Craziness. Um, then there are sort of the standbys. Obviously, the Arthur Conan Doyle books and stories of Sherlock Holmes are huge. Yeah, and Truly Devious, she talks about lots of mystery authors. So actually, you can go in there and get some suggestions yeah. from Stevie Bell. That's a great idea. You can go in there and find some suggestions. So actually, what we'll do is we'll po- we'll try and I'll dig up some lists and post them on our website, which is uh, yadadanddaughter.com. Um, you'll be able to download this episode and listen to it. And uh, future ones, we'll try and get ramped up here in the short term. Westing Game is one that always gets mentioned I as a... Yeah, it always gets mentioned as, you know, kind of one of those canon mysteries. Oh my gosh, you really want to spoil the whole thing. Oh, you, you, can, you can hold on to that one for a while. But uh, yeah, this just makes me realize I need to read more YA mystery. That was so genius. truly devious by Maureen Johnson, published this year. Everybody's talking about it. Um, Should we use a book like on knives or sharks and queens so pretty poison foliage in a pity? Fires festive drowning slow, flames of rope, you ready to go. Broken head and nasty fall, a car colliding with the wall. Bombs make a jolly noise, such way to punish naughty boys. What can we do? Uh, what should we do? We can't decide. Just like you cannot run or hide. Ha ha, truly devious. Yeah, listen to that really low before bed and try not to have nightmares. Thanks for listening. Uh, I think next, next episode we're going to do The Hate That You Give. Uh, by Angie Thomas. I've read that like eight times. I know, I, I haven't read it, it. yet. Uh, but but I, it came recommended. I mean, I know about it. And I, just, I, did, I need to read it because I don't understand what it is. All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, signing out. Drop See us a line if you want. See you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.